Hello and welcome back to the Alexis Show podcast, a pop culture podcast. I am your host, Alexis Chanel. So today's episode is going to be entitled A Day Late and a Dollar Short, y'all, because I am recording this episode at 9.21 p.m. on Friday, and this is supposed to be a podcast released on Fridays. But you know what? I'm going to be keeping a buck with y'all. I really got caught up in television, really just watching a whole bunch of television shows um, and doing some other like creative projects. Um and slightly working on my final project, which is due on Monday. Yeah, I'm a big procrastinator. That's something you should know about me. But I'm working on it, okay? I'm in recovery. I'm in Procrastinators Anonymous starting today, okay? <laughs> yeah, but I said I was going to, you know, still post my podcast, even though it's going to be late. If you were looking for the podcast on Friday afternoon or Friday morning or even Friday night because it's now 9.22. And if you're on the East Coast, it's Saturday now is midnight. Um, listen, I just what had happened was I woke up, had a meeting with my professor, like through Zoom or whatever, did some work on my website, hung out with my boo, and then I wanted to watch Little Fires Everywhere, which we will touch on briefly in the mouth of the south. We have a lot to talk about today. We have a lot to talk about, which has led me to decide that I am no longer going to wait until like Thursday to record these episodes or even Friday. That's a no-no. I am going to start making episodes twice a week so that I can do like things that I watch on Friday, like on the weekend, Friday and Saturday, but mostly like Sunday and Monday that can go into a Wednesday type of show. And then everything I watch post Tuesday will be on the Friday show because I get very over, like, I have a lot to talk about, and I don't want the podcast to be two hours long. I feel like that's kind of unrealistic, but it's a lot of things that I want to talk about, and I will do bonus episodes and things like that. I'm still figuring it all out. I'm just being honest, Um, and I wanted this to be fun, you know, so that's also why I wasn't, like, super stressed out about, like, not posting Friday afternoon or morning because I'm like, this is my podcast. As far as my analytics go... I only get as many listeners as I promote. So if I don't really promote that episode, I may not get that many listeners. So it's kind of like, you know, I just want to have fun. You know, I was on a Zoom with my staff. My staff, I miss my staff. But um, my staff earlier in the week, like on Wednesday or yeah, Wednesday night. And one of the people that I supervise, help co-supervise was like, you know, we get, we're in the age and generation of like not doing things for fun, of just only trying to do things for profit or figuring out how we can monetize the next thing that we enjoy or think we may enjoy. And that is so true. Like that hit home for me. I mean, I have a Patreon set up already and I'm not ashamed of that. Like definitely creating avenues in which you all can walk so that you can support me and I can create a sustainable business. Um, But we do, I know I can, get caught up in the mindset of like I need to be monetized if I'm not monetized if I'm if I'm not getting paid off of this then it's not really worth doing you know or if I don't instantly start getting money off of it you know what I'm saying like I haven't even perfected this yet I'm not even keeping to a schedule but I also want this to be free too like I don't want this to feel like work and I don't want it to feel like a job um my co-star has been very helpful in helping me just relax and not get so caught up in the future, like be very present and letting me know that the universe got me basically. You know, like I read it today and I'll have power in thinking and power in creativity and power in my relationship and just a lot of goodness was coming through through my co-star. And one of the things that stood out to me the most was like, Whatever it is that you imagine doing for the rest of your life, do that. Or as a matter of fact, it said, whatever it is, something along the lines of whatever it is you imagine doing for eternity, do that. You know what I'm saying? Like, wow, I would love to, and I am, I'm I'm not even going to say I would love as if it's not going to happen. I am going, I am going to love watching television and coming on here and telling you all about it you know what I'm saying and so I did spend this time 
today watching television. And so I don't feel too bad about it because that's my job here. Okay. (laughs) If this is your first time coming and listening to my podcast, thank you for tuning in. I appreciate you. Thank you. And thank you to whoever told you. I hope you all have a blessed life. You know what I'm saying? And if you are returning, thank you for coming back. We love a repeat offender. (laughs) So for the new folks, this is how things run here on the podcast. So I start off with what's happening, which is a segment where I check in with you all and let you all know what's going on in my life and what I'm thinking about and what's on my brain. And then we have Mouth of the Souths, which is the pop culture segment, the bulk of the show, where I talk about things that's happening in pop culture, reality television, on television, movies, any movies that I'm watching. I'm keeping my ears to the streets. You know what I'm saying? I'm the mouth of the South. You know, I'm going to give it to you like how it is coming, you know, but I'm not the shade room. Okay. I'm not shade room and I'm not Wendy Williams. I'm Alexis Chanel. Welcome to the show. And then if I have any guests or if I want to give a shout out to people on the internet that I'm rocking with, who content I, I am enjoying, that's the my them segment. And last but certainly not least, if you all send me questions or have things that you all want me to talk about or address specifically pertaining to a particular show or topic or controversy happening in the world of pop culture, entertainment, celebrity, Black Hollywood, all that good stuff. I will talk about that in the Ask Alexis segment and you can send me questions and topics and all that stuff via my Instagram or Twitter, like in my DMs, which is at underscore Alexis Chanel, C-H-A-N-E-L-L-E, Alexis Chanel. Um, those are my Instagrams and Twitters at underscore Alexis Chanel. And then if you want to like email the podcast, the show, the Alexis show podcast at gmail.com. And the, like one of my previous episodes, I said the Gmail was Alexis show podcast at gmail.com. And that one still works. Like I have both of them linked together. So whichever one you decide to send those to. But yeah, so that is how things go down here on the show. I kind of just jumped right in and just start talking about how I'm doing because, listen, listen, I can just do what I want. I'm Alexis. I can do how I, I can run things how I want to run things, okay? <laughs> all right, so let's jump right in with what's happening. What's happening, everyone? I hope you all are doing well, staying safe and encouraged during this time. You know, here in LA, it's here. Up, child. It was 90 degrees today. Yes, and I definitely love the sunshine, so there's no complaining over here. My week has been good, kind of like what I was saying, like I was finishing up um, this final project for my class, and it like really has been sitting and hitting me that I will not be returning to school in the fall. Yeah, like I, when I graduate in May, I am going into the real world. You know, whatever that means, however that will look once COVID-19 is over and done with and we're out of quarantine and everything like that. Like, it's so many uncertain times. And I think this is the perfect time. I know that this is the perfect time for me to get my ish together, to be doing these things that I enjoy, like being having a podcast, um, you know, just doing the things that I enjoy doing, creating content the whole nine so yeah so I've just been sitting with that like I've been in total like introspection reflection mode and really just trying to prepare myself for the next chapter and really the preparation just looks like me getting off my ass and using what I have around me to create what it is that I want to see into the world you know what I'm saying like sharing my opinions creating my fashion videos like just really just doing me that's really all that I can see myself doing in the future and figuring out ways to survive you know and not even survive like thrive you know sustain myself and to have money and capital same things I talked about in the first episode you know when we first getting to meet each other like these things are constantly on my brain 
But I'm constantly reminded by the universe through my co-star, through meditation, through watching other people's like videos and journeys, like everything is going to be okay. Just as long as you just keep going, you know what I'm saying? Like keep going. And even if it's not 30 at night, when you are freaking recording your episode that you should have, that you could had or whatever release, I'm trying to erase could have, should have, went out of my vocabulary, out of my framework. Um, even if it's not 30 at night when you're recording a podcast, like, you know, like what is freedom? You know, what does that look like, you know, and not being stuck to a schedule, but still holding yourself accountable, you know, and still doing what it is that you need to do. So I'm figuring out, you know, I'm figuring it out. But yeah, so definitely trying to mitigate and manage my post-grad anxiety by putting things into action, into motion. Um, I've been meditating a lot more. I'm thinking about fasting from Instagram in the sense of like not really just scrolling endlessly and only being on there to post. And actually like I kind of want to like not even mess with my personal Instagram, but only focus on like building my Instagram for the podcast, honestly, because I think I have a lot of great commentary great topics and like I'm just occupying a lane of my own and if I dedicate you know some social media marketing and SEO like search engine optimization like I could really take this to the next level and why not you know what I'm saying so that's what I was thinking that idea came to me today like hmm instead of because I enjoy social media and I'm doing things that would benefit from being advertised on social media like the podcast so instead of like saying I'm just gonna fast or just forget or not fat not forget I'm like having little mini brain farts (laughs) but instead of like fasting completely and going cold turkey for Instagram for a certain amount of time why not spend energy a different lane like using Instagram in a different way instead of like just posting selfies and things like that because I want to change my entire feed anyway Okay, well, why don't we put that energy into something else and creating a different type of feed? So that's something that I'm thinking about as well. But yeah, like I'm really just trying to stay as present as possible. You know what I'm saying? And hold myself accountable and work as hard as I can and not get complacent and lazy and fearful. Because nobody got time for that. You know what I'm saying? You know what I mean? So yes, honey child. So that's that's what's happening with me. Okay, that is what's happening with me. We getting things in order. We is breaking down prosperity blocks and we are uninstalling things that no longer serve us. Okay, like as Molly would say. Okay. Whew, so much to talk about. I am like looking at our mouth of the south segment, like, okay, where do I even begin? So Welcome to the Mouth for the South segment. We gonna get into it with freaking Andre Leon Tally Child last night. It was about 3 a.m. in the morning because I had cooked some bomb, bomb, bomb. I cooked some bomb spaghetti and I was knocked out after I ate that spaghetti. But then I woke up. So I was up just, you know, twiddling my thumbs on Twitter and trying to see what I had missed from the day. And then I come across this Daily Mail article that was talking about how former editor, Vogue editor, Andre Leon Talley says, Anna Wintour is not capable of human kindness and like just drags her for filth. Mind you, I had just like last week, I believe, watched his documentary, The Gospel According to Andre on Hulu. And Anna was featured in the documentary, spoke on his behalf. The whole nine feet, the whole nine yard. And so I was like, is this fake? Like, is this recent? Like, what is what is this? But y'all, he says that he had became too old, too overweight, and too ugly to be in her presence anymore. He did in the documentary talk about his weight and like how his weight had uh played a role in his, you know, career and how people start thought that he had let himself go. They didn't really talk about why he had gained so much weight um, because he is really tall and he has been in the fashion industry 
for a long time. So he like was slim and then, you know, gained weight, picked up weight over the years, but they never really disclosed why or whatever. Um, but it was just very interesting to read. Like he went in, let me, I'm, get, I'm pulling up the Daily Mail right now because it was, it was crazy. I'm sorry. He did not say too ugly. She said, he said, most shock. So he said that she ditched him as a friend because he had become too old, too overweight and too uncool for her, you know? And he said like one day she treats me like a good friend and a colleague. And the next day she treats me as if I'm some, I just handed over her keys to an unknown parking valet. Dang. You know, it's, yeah, he had been with the magazine for a very long time. Oh, and he, they did him so wrong, too. They had said that in 2018, he, you know, has been hosting the Met Gala red carpet for Vogue for as long as he's been working there or whatever, for a while. And in 2018, Anna Wintour didn't even have the decency to tell him that she and Vogue have decided to go in a different direction. No, they just ain't even called him in. And they let Liza Kashi, who was the YouTube star, be the commentator for the night. And I think he had a good point. Like, you know, she may be able to bring viewership because of her name. But does she know designers? Does she know, you know, what this person is or what this collection is paying homage to? No. You know, and plus Andre, like he is very, he has a great personality and you know, and he's just a legend. So just to hear him being treated like that by somebody who is a friend, super powerful, and it's crazy. But also, like, I'm proud of him for being able to say that, you know? Like, I was kind of nervous for him reading it. You know, like, how you feel nervous for people? Like, what did he just do? And you don't even know these people. Like, I don't know Anna Wintour or anything. It's just like, what did he just do? But after reading that last night, he was in my dream. And we were friends in my dream. Like, we hugged. We smooched. So, you know, you know, you never know. Dreams become reality. So, we may be... Maybe cool. You may not. You may never know. So go ahead, stay tuned. May have Andre Leon Talley here on the show one day. Don't say I didn't warn you. <laughs> Speaking of not being warned, child. So Omarion and his brother Orion are on the cover of Prim Magazine. So Prim Magazine is an independent Black-owned magazine. According to the website, their mission is to provide a platform and opportunity for individuals to showcase their work and talent. So Omarion basically broke the internet when this was released this week um, because he was just looking scrumptious. And it's like it's so funny, to, so funny to me because I was not a Omarion. Like he was my least favorite like I never really liked like the person in the front or the person that everybody liked like I always veered to left so I was more of a J-Bug little Fizz fan you know like those are my crush Omarion just seemed like too cute and like you know just not he was just too cute too cute for me but seeing him on the cover but I had been seeing what Omarion was working with in the big boy interview that he did a couple months ago or whatever because you know he just looks so different with his locks and he has a nose ring he's giving you like bohemian um bother crystal sage vibes you know and then it also he also released some video this week of him and his kids meditating and like just being on a higher frequency you know what i'm saying like yes oh my that's what we love to see we love to see a black man taking care of his aura and his frequency and vibrating on a higher level yes like your palo santo yes yes so it was just a beautiful and also like the magazine is a nice magazine and the way that the, the art direction of the photo shoot was very beautiful like he's just giving you it's a totally different vibe from b2k you know what I'm saying? He got the tats, the nose ring, the locks. Like, this ain't no teenage boy. This is a grown-ass man. And he is looking good. And his brother has always been fine, in my opinion. Like, I has always thought Orion was good looking. And so, for both of them to be in the shoot. And I think that I looked through the magazine, like, on, one, on another website or whatever to see the pictures. And I think that they could have did a little bit more with him and his brother. But I get it. The shoot was mostly about Omarion. But 
really beautiful. Like, shout out to the photographer. He did his thing. And Print Magazine actually is sales is being sold. You can actually purchase Print Magazine for a dollar. And I think that's a great business model for creatives. You know what I'm saying? Like, we should definitely be charging for access into our world and it's only a dollar so shout out to prim magazine and the photographer i definitely recommend you all check out the magazine the article and you know support support your local black business okay so how many of y'all saw travis scott's astral world concert on Fortnite yesterday as in thursday anybody anybody well, I ain't gonna lie. It was amazing. It really was because, you know, you think of a virtual concert and you really don't know what to believe because I feel like I know my baseline is like IG live. You know what I'm saying? Like Instagram live. And I'm like, okay, yeah. I don't really care about no freaking virtual concert that's gonna just be you looking at the screen. You know, it's just not the same. But Fortnite ain't IG. Fortnite is a whole entire gaming animation graphics music platform and the concert was phenomenal it was a great experience and the sad part is that nobody is talking about it it wasn't on the shade room it wasn't on the ybf i'm like travis who is your freaking marketing like we're over here talking about teddy riley and babyface on crappy ass ig live no disrespect to the legends but they not a travis scott vibe you know what i'm saying and that's just the experience of seeing it is so revolutionary of what he was able to do if you want to talk about like afrofuturism black people in technology black people in gaming rap hip-hop music rock and roll like all of these elements all these analyses that you can do for this one situation like it was amazing i just think that it sucks that he didn't market it well you know, like this, he got 12.5, I believe, million people to tune in and watch his concert with minimal, in my opinion, advertisement, because I wouldn't have known if my boyfriend ain't telling me like, oh yeah, Travis Scott is having this virtual concert on Fortnite. You want to watch it? Sure. I think it was a great idea. Epic idea. In fact, revolutionary almost like it really is. Like, I think that Cause just imagine like if Beyonce was coming out with a doll or coming out with a game and took over Fortnite, we would have heard about it. It probably like YouTube would have been streaming it live as like the main, like YouTube presents this, you know what I'm saying? Like it would have been a bigger thing. And not saying that, you know, Travis should have rented out ad space on YouTube or anything like that, but this is monumental. Like how many rappers are doing this, you know? Like before this Fortnite collaboration, he executive produced the uh, NBA 2K game. And before he did the soundtrack, Jay-Z. So like we talk about generational, like Jay-Z is a certain particular generation. And now we have Travis Scott, a different type of generation. And so for him to continue to grow and expand these gaming opportunities, as a musician, as a black musician, as a rapper, as you know, that just is amazing. And I feel like it should be talked about more and he should have publicized it better. But something that was not poorly talked about, it was slash is little fires everywhere, child. I literally just finished the season today. And shout out to Twitter for constantly talking about it every single day on my timeline that I watched it. And it is good. It was good. I actually am going to re-watch it, take thorough notes, and do a whole entire like bonus episode. Because I just want to break it down. It's so many things to talk about in this show. And I want to give you all an opportunity to finally watch the show. Because I know I'm not the first person to tell you about it. So... Since I'm like the second or third person to tell you to watch it, please go watch it so that way we can talk about it and you can have things to say and we can, you know, converse back and forth on on everything, child. Because this show is is really good, very well written. I just I was so engaged. I was so engaged. Really good show. All right, so a little, a little more somber 
mood we're about to go into real quick. So as you all know, or not all of you, because we have some new listeners, as some of you may know, I am from Atlanta. Born and raised in Atlanta, Georgia, actually 30 minutes east of Atlanta in this city called Lithonia, but nonetheless, Atlanta is my home. So, and I remember growing up, Atlanta being like this utopia. You know, I remember going to college at the University of Miami, the best university in all of the land. I mean, other black students from Atlanta and just been like this great sense of being from this black epicenter. You know what I'm saying? And as I've gotten older, I've wanted to learn more about Atlanta and its history because as I, you know, go back to Atlanta between semesters when I was in college, uh, (laughs) things change, you know, things look different and I've changed. I've grown. My perspective is different from when I was a child. I'm I'm older now and I know a little bit more about the way our world works. And so I just want to learn more about Atlanta. Luckily, Atlanta has been the subject of some recent documentaries. So PBS is streaming a documentary on the East Lake Meadows housing projects, which is on my to watch list. I was like so close to watching it as I was finishing Little Fires Everywhere. I was like, you know what? Let me watch this. And I could have because I ended up watching like four episodes of Degrassi. So I definitely could have just watched the documentary, but we'll get into Degrassi a little later. <laughs> and HBO has a documentary out on the Atlanta child murders. And it's called Atlanta's Missing and Murdered with Lost Children. So that is the one that I am about to talk about real quick. And it's not done. It still has two more parts. It's a five-part documentary. Um, and it's so far really good very riveting very factual the director and the editors and the filmmakers aren't trying to lead you down any road i feel they're just presenting you with the facts and you really have to figure out who you believe what story do you believe so let me give you a little background so the atlanta child murders happened from 1979 to 1981 my mom who is not born in atlanta but was raised in atlanta for some time she used to tell me she was her and my grandmother and my grandfather and my um, uncle all lived in Atlanta during 1979, between 1979 and 1981. Well, they left before 1981, I believe, but they lived in Atlanta in 1979. My mom would tell me that once these murders start happening more frequently, my grandmother was like, nah, we got to go move back to Philadelphia. But I thought that it was only like, you know, three or four, maybe five kids. Like, I didn't know how big it was. It was 29 kids that we know of that were missing, murdered. You know what I'm saying? That were kidnapped and killed and discarded like trash and babies. It, the killer started getting older, like his, the killer's victims started getting older as he continued. But like the first 20 cases, no more than like 16 years old. Like these are babies, you know what I'm saying? And it's really sad when you really let it sink in. I haven't let it sink in yet because I'm just, I want to see all of it. And I may watch rewatch it again. Um, if I decide to put myself through that, but it's really good. And I'm just so upset that I had to find out about this documentary, which is produced by John Legend, I believe is a producer, but I definitely know I saw Rock Nation as one of those producers. And I did not see any promo about this documentary. It should be right before Insecure or HBO when I watch it on Sundays, because that black ass audience, like we should be knowing that this type of production is out so that we can learn our history because we do even to this day look at Atlanta as this utopia for black people but black people who lived in Atlanta was terrorized you know what I'm saying if not still are you know so it's these two different worlds which the documentary touches on like you have this the middle class and the upper elite black experience in Atlanta and then you have the poor black experience in Atlanta and so it's very interesting and very good and I recommend that you all watch it so that we can talk about it because I don't want to just be telling you everything so I'm on part three I still have about two more episodes two more parts left 
So let's go ahead and watch it and then we can talk about it. But I'm definitely going to tell y'all, I do believe right now, I do believe that Wayne Williams, the man that is convicted for two out of the 27 um, killed children and teenage children, um, he had something to do with it. And I believe, too, that he was working for somebody else and that his dad was also involved. So we'll see in the next two parts if my theories are correct. But I definitely believe that his father was involved and that he was doing this with other men or for another man or a group of men. So we're going to keep on watching that. But this is definitely, you know. It's not something that is easily sat on the stomach, you know? And it's also sad because this happened during the reign of the first black mayor of Atlanta, you know? So you had all of these black officials, public officials, high places, but black babies are being killed and taken from their families. And this went on for nearly two years and over a dozen kids. This is ridiculous. So I'm really looking forward to getting to the bottom of this story once I continue watching it. Whew. So let's get into some some light. <laughs> let's get into some love and some light. Okay, so we had the Real Housewives of Atlanta season finale this Sunday, this past Sunday. We're going to get into it. Let me find my notebook real quick, y'all. All right, so let's get into my Georgia peaches down in Atlanta, baby. So this was the season finale of season 12, I believe, of Real Housewives of Atlanta. Let me just make sure my, yep, okay. So yeah, so we are done with season 12. Now it is time for us to have the reunion. And I just looked it up, so... The reunion is scheduled to take place May 10th, 2020, and it will be virtual, of course. That shall be very interesting. But we ended this season with Candy and Todd's baby shower. So they had the surrogate baby, um, and Todd did this whole entire big production, A Star is Born situation. It was a nighttime baby shower, which I think is really cute. I think if you're having, like, you know, this isn't your first child. I think it's cool to have something a little bit more adult, you know, and fun. I think it was really big, so you don't get a chance for the size of their event. You don't really get a chance to play, like, a lot of games, and it's not as intimate, but it's still, like, a good time. And, you know, Candy isn't pregnant. The surrogate was there. So I think that was a pretty good time and a nice spin on a baby shower in this particular situation. So yay for that. However... Mama Joyce did not show up to the baby shower because Todd disrespected her. And at first, I was on Todd's side. Like, you know, Mama Joyce is always with the drama. Every, like, dang, yo, they've been married at least three, almost five years, I believe. Or if not more than five years. It's like, Mama Joyce, this is her mate, okay? Like, they ain't go broke yet. They're going to be all right. You know, just constantly throwing shade and he's a good man you know he tries his best so at first I was like I get why he didn't speak to her because he didn't want to deal with the drama however after watching the after show it is disrespectful to know that somebody your wife and your mother-in-law are in the same vicinity as you and you don't even come by to say like hello or like bye y'all take care like see y'all later I pay for y'all check Peace out. You know what I'm saying? Like, I get you got an attitude, but then it's like the mama ain't show up. I do believe that Mama Joy should have showed up. However, if she was going to be, you know, salty and ruin a baby shower, which she is very much capable of doing, I guess it was a good idea for her to stay home. However, the baby shower, people still acted a nut. Okay. <sighs> Kenya and Nini child i do believe that i can't even really remember what caused the oh marlo messy ass i remember now okay because i thought i made notes on this but i didn't so i didn't really i got my notebook but it was no notes about real housewives but i remember now all right so earlier in the show we see kenya 
giving an interview to TMZ. Well, actually, Nene is recounting the interview that Kenya did with TMZ saying that Nene is a bully. Nene doesn't have any friends. She wouldn't take marriage advice from Nene. Shade. Like, that's exactly that's what they always do to one another. Like, that is so typical. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's really not that big of a deal. But Nene, in her scene, she's on the phone with Wendy Williams, and they're talking about it, and she's making these, like, sly remarks about whether or not they use Kenya's ex to birth Brooklyn, and, you know, whether they... Kenya and Mark were really married. Just mean stuff. It's just like, girl, you is just too, like, she don't like you. You don't like her. The same insults she was throwing at her, calling her a bully. She don't have no friends, yada, yada, yada. Same thing she's throwing back at you. Less vulgar. It's not directly in your face. She's not throwing popcorn at you or trying to spit on you or any of those things. Just let it go. I mean, you could talk about it, but it's not that serious to like hold on to it. Just be like, we're going to be doing this until we did. Like, basically, I feel like that's what they're going to, until neither one of them is on the show, they're always going to be going at each other. That's their, that's their snick. That's their storyline. They are going to have a problem with each other, period, no matter what. So fast forward to the baby shower. They're all at the table, whatever. And Marlo's like, oh my God, like, what does this say? She's pretending like she can't read this article. The article that is basically restating what Kenya has said about Nini. Don't nobody want to give Marlo the time of day, but Marlo is so insistent. She's like, what does this say, y'all? What does this say? So Kenya takes the phone and she reads it. Of course, like, why wouldn't she? Like, why are you trying to be messy? But should you want to be messy, let's get dirty. Let's do it then. You know, so I... I thought that was a boss move. Like, bitch, don't fucking play me. Like, you know what the fuck it says. Like, you want us to fight. Like, Marlo really just be instigating shit between Kenya and um, Nini. You know what I'm saying? It's like, just let it go. Especially in that instance. It's like, we got this baby shower. Like, we're all trying to have a good time. Just let it be. So Kenya reads it or whatever. And then I can't remember exactly what had happened. Okay, my brain is getting a little foggy or whatever. But they exchanging words. You know, of course, Nini and Kenya both exchanging words, going back and forth. And Kenya's like, and yeah, you tried to spit on me. How classy, yada, yada, yada. At this time, Candy is trying to make a speech and kind of like close out the situation or whatever. No, this is before. So at this time, um, Todd is up at the stage and Candy's like kind of walking around because she's trying to get... Uh, her surrogate and so she's like I get why y'all are fussing or fighting but y'all like calm it down of course they don't so Candy cause as Candy is going up on stage to close down the, sh- the thing Kenya wants to walk around the table to sh- talk to Shamia and Shamia's on the same side as Nini and so of course she was being antagonistic of course but Kenya ain't gonna bust a grape in a food fight you know what I'm saying she just likes to get people riled up so, of course, she gets Nini riled up. Nini's like, what you over here for? Like, back up. Like, you're not about to do anything to me. Like, like she about to fight Kenya. And it's like, girl, you is too old. Okay? Like, I get it. She did do that to irritate you. But you let her irritate you. So, like, you gave her your power. And it's just so old. Like, I'm just so over that. Like, that is so annoying. Like, Nini, you just all talk. You're not going to do nothing. You're not going to knock her upside the head. You're not going to do nothing. You're just going to talk all this shit, cause this big old commotion, be looking crazy at your friend event. Foolishness. That's it. That's all it is. Foolishness. And I think that's all that this, this, this episode was about. Oh, so it was revealed that Porsche, that Porsche, that Kenya really wasn't Shamia's first call when her water broke. So, allegedly, that's a lie. We'll see all that in the reunion show. But yeah, that's really what happened on Real Housewives of Atlanta. I did watch episode two of Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. I can't really tell you what all happened because I was doing my makeup at the time, but I'm enjoying it. I know I like me some Erica Kane. Erica Kane is gonna be the new Roxy on Broadway, if that is still happening. So, shout out to Erica Kane. I like me some Erica Kane, okay? Call me Alexis Chanel. (laughs) 
Um, Love and Hip Hop Atlanta was a good episode. Bambi played the fuck out of Sierra and pranked her with her pregnancy test. Oh my god, it was so funny, and I thought it was so re- like her reaction. Sierra's reaction was so real. So what had happened was, so they was on the bus from Atlanta to Tennessee to the mountains to their cabin. And Bambi was like, she wasn't feeling well. Her stomach wasn't feeling well. And Sierra offered her some peanuts. And she was like, oh, these peanuts made my stomach feel so much better. And Sierra was like, well, I got that trick from when I was pregnant. Is you pregnant? And then she was like, I'm not, like I don't know. Am I pregnant? Could I be pregnant? And then Mimi was like, all of us need to do pregnancy tests. And so everybody do their pregnancy tests. Bambi actually was pregnant or is pregnant. She's pregnant right now actually is pregnant but she took she takes another test and then does then okay she takes another test that test comes back positive but she removes one of the tests so that way you know it would be two pregnancy tests in the bunch so whoever got the second one would think that they were pregnant so sierra gets the second one and child she is dead ass serious crying boohoo real tears like Oh no, I can't be pregnant. This is the worst time. Yeah, yeah. And I thought that was so real as a moment to capture because, like, not everybody wants to have a baby when they get pregnant. You know what I'm saying? And she made such a valid point. Like, I guess she, I guess she had her first child when she was about 16. So she's like in her 30s now. And she's like, I've been raising kids since I was 16 years old. Like, I'm not trying to start over. And that's true. You know what I'm saying? Like, she's worked so hard to get herself, you know, where she wants to be in life and to be pregnant with somebody that, you know, you're not really sure is the one for you or going to be your forever mate or whatever. It's just too much. You know what I'm saying? So it's easy to break up with somebody when you ain't got no kid with them and you don't gotta ever see them again so i thought her reaction was so funny and then but also honest like funny and honest and i think it was tripping the girls out because they didn't know whether to laugh to console like what to do mimi was a real one she was by her side the whole time (laughs) everybody else was like in between laughing and like consoling but then bambi was like it was a joke like it's a prank like i'm the one that's pregnant and she was like ah thank you she was still kind of shaking up she was like really traumatized which i thought was honest you know what i'm saying i appreciate that it was a lot of honest moments in this episode which i appreciate even though you know it's reality television and it's dramatized and it's gonna be a little bit extra i felt like these scenes in this episode were a little bit more realistic of how you know what we be going through as black women and one of the most real scenes was the scene between the moment more so than the scene because everybody was in the kitchen but was the moment between Shekinah and Spice so Shekinah and Spice are friends but Spice feels like every time she really needs Shekinah she ain't there. She kind of supposed to be taking her to see properties for her children so that she can bring her children from Jamaica up to Atlanta. Every time they schedule something, she kind of drops the ball. I think those are all valid reasons. And Spice was so clear and direct and very specific about what she didn't like about Shekinah. She was like, you not there for me as a friend. Like in this, on this occasion, this occasion, this occasion, like very clear and concise. Like I wrote that down, like, Spice wasn't playing. Like, she's not hee-hee-ha-ha-ing with you. Like, she's dead serious. Like, you you be playing me. And that's, that's, that ain't right. Like, you don't do that to your friends. You know what I'm saying? But I felt like the moment when Shekinah was like, you know, like, I've been through some shit. You know, like, dudes done messed around on me. Had me out here looking crazy. Lied to my face. Go around. Mess with you. Lie to you in your face. Have us beefing. Have us wanting to fight each other. Like, so real spice was crying it was like i think it was real honesty like this is how some men be doing and particularly black men because that's their primary you know dating preference spouse black men like what is up with you and these are women who are successful women who are out here grinding and doing what they got to do to survive and like y'all get with them and y'all just be shitting on them you know and i thought that was real honest and i felt like it was a moment that needed to be seen and hopefully whenever they do the rea- the reunion we can kind of talk about that because then things kind of went left you know between spice and carly and shekinah shekinah felt like they were still being mean to her and still like being um isolating her even though they just shared that moment which i thought was 
the same. Like, I felt like after that moment, things would have been better, but it kind of, like, it didn't. So, I kind of felt for, Sh- for Shekinah in that situation. But we'll see how the rest of the season goes on. And so, last week, I, we talked about Shekinah. Oh, not Shekinah. Cheyenne, Shooter, and Scrap. And so, the saga continues. The saga continues. And Kiyomi and Shooter reveal to us that they are in an open relationship. So, Kiyomi doesn't mind if Shooter sees other women as long as the other women know about her and know that she's basically the queen bee. The head bitch in charge, as she said. HBIC. Right. So, that seems like fair. You know, that's not... I'm not asking for too much if I'm Kiyomi. You know, like, you can do what you want to do. I can do what I want to do. We're just going to make sure that everybody know what we're doing and who's involved and whatever, whatever. We just have communication, right? Like... Communication is the key to a healthy relationship. Well, we already know that Shooter ain't really the best with communicating things. So, of course, Kiyomi is like, all right, you telling me, because he comes clean about Cheyenne. He was like, yeah, like me and, you know, old girl, her name's Cheyenne or whatever. We kicked it or whatever, but it's nothing serious. Like, all right, I already let her know about you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. La, 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 la. So, they pull up to the function. Uh, Shooter and Kiyomi pull up to the function and Scrap and Cheyenne are there. So in the scene prior to this, Karen lets Scrap know that Cheyenne and Shooter have been dealing with each other. It comes out that they've been dealing with each other for about two years or so in secret. Cheyenne claims it's not a secret, but it's a secret if anybody you know. So yeah, so they've been dealing with each other for about two years or so from Cheyenne's math. And, you know, she's ready to take things up a notch. All of this is happening without Shooter knowing that one Scrap know or Karen know or anything. Like, we haven't seen Cheyenne and Shooter together since Karen bust her bubble and was like, so you messing with Shooter. Okay. So they all at something. They all at a function, of course. Everybody's always at a function. So Cheyenne's there with Scrap. Shooter walks in with Kiyomi. They both wear them all white, looking like they just dropped off from heaven or something. Walk up in the building or whatever. And so Cheyenne's like, what the fuck? You know, like, who the fuck is this? Because she's expecting Shooter to be, you know, single, single, or definitely not to pull up with somebody else, you know? And so, but Kiyomi already knows about Cheyenne. Cheyenne don't know shit about Kiyomi, Kiyomi, whatever her name is. And so she's like, her blood is like boiling. She's like, let me talk to you. Let me talk to you. And and Kiyomi's like, we can talk together. Because like, we always like, we do things together. You know what I'm saying? Like, real like, I'm that bitch. You know, but she's getting fed one story from Shooter. And Cheyenne's getting fed another story. So it's really like, your beef, Cheyenne, ain't with Kiyomi. And Kiyomi, your beef ain't with Cheyenne. But because the way that the nigga is playing both of y'all y'all beef is with each other of course classic this is classic reality tv classic love and hip-hop moment right so in the next episode we'll see if they come to blows or whatever the fuck and you know i will be watching you know i will be watching and family hustle just to wrap up what happened monday night on vh1 family hustle was really good um latoya was able to get tommy to start grief counseling um they found out that she was not pregnant which is good you know i don't think it would have been the right time at that time to be pregnant but in this time as of now (laughs) she is pregnant so congratulations to them and they are having a boy so yeah and i just wrote down like i freaking love regine and toya's relationship i love seeing them together and I just enjoy Family Hustle, you know? I think it's a really good show. Again, I said that already, but I think it's a really good show. And I don't think that I will go in depth in with every single episode because I don't think every single episode is needed for me to go in depth. However, while I'm on the topic of Family Hustle, Deja has been, you know, a lot more open, a little bit more open with like her mental health and things that she has gone through as a child. So not 
super explicit or in incredible detail, but something did happen to her as a child and has played a role on her mental health and even like her becoming her own adult woman. So I hope that we get an opportunity to hear from her in this show, in this season, or in any other form that she chooses to let us in a little bit more. But I do understand that like, we strangers, you know, like this is real shit that people go through. And just because she has a lot of following and she's famous, she doesn't owe us anything. So we'll see how the rest of the season goes. I'm definitely looking forward to the episode where Hyman Gate comes up because that was a whole bunch of foolishness. While we're on the topic, well, we wasn't on the topic, but thinking about other documentaries. So I started the Michael Jordan documentary, which is good. I am really enjoying it because I didn't know you know, a lot about Michael Jordan. I just knew that he, you know, was is considered the best player of all time. It, you know, has a lucrative sneaker deal, but I didn't know like his impact. I didn't, I didn't never really seen him play before. So this is really good for my generation and for me personally to just to witness MJ, like all of this aura, this this godlike living legend. You know what I'm saying? So it's it's really cool, very entertaining. It's available on ESPN and it's free to watch as long as you have like a cable subscription or whatever so it's really good and I see like he's so electric and good looking you know he has like really good chocolate skin like smooth and clear his dad did too I think both of his parents are chocolate you know and his mother Dolores is still alive and she look good because she she gets interviewed she looks like his sister like she looks good they yeah he has some good genes because his dad have really nice like chocolate clear skin in the videos that they showed us so I'm really happy about this content that is being produced and administered for us to enjoy oh my goodness Love and Basketball turned 20 years old this week I cannot believe it oh my goodness I was about yeah like six or something when I first watched it my stepsister had the DVD we watched that movie a lot oh that would be a nice deep dive to go oh I have to say this is why oh this is why I'm loving having a podcast about pop culture and entertainment and television because I love entertainment and television and I think that would be a great thing to talk about loving basketball because it's so many different it's two varying opinions on Monica and Quincy's relationship Sanaya Lathan and Omar F's relationship like whether it was good whether it was toxic and I have never heard I had never heard of the idea of the relationship being toxic or one-sided until I met my good friend Nigel who was like I actually don't think love and basketball is a positive representation of love you know and I was like hmm and then on Twitter it was something on Twitter too when people were talking about it so that may be something worth exploring one day but I definitely think that it has feminist elements I dared say that I thought it was a feminist movie but I'm gonna have to rewatch it and see now that you know new claims have been made apparent to me and eliminated turned four years old this week as well my goodness that would be a great deep dive too but I'm really going deep dive homecoming because yeah I think homecoming came out a year ago next week so I'm probably going to rewatch it and do like I'm definitely going deep dive homecoming I've been wanting to deep dive homecoming since I watched it and why not now I got the podcast on that as well right right (laughs) speaking of deep dives i am not gonna deep dive insecure so i am going to wrap up this section of mouth but itself with insecure because i don't i don't think that it's worth deep diving in and making it a bonus episode this week so we just gonna get into it all right so low-key distant so it's been a month since they had that whole blow up at the isa's event and it's three months till the block party. Okay. So I don't even know where to start, but let's start with Molly and Andrew. I'm glad that she has been open. You know, we have two episodes now of her being open and expressing her feelings and it working out for her. You know what I'm saying? Like she expressed her feelings in this episode and he called her back and was like, you know what? I was being distant. I was keeping you away and having this guard up 
I'm upset that she didn't tell Issa that. Even th- like after they had that exchange of like, you know, you really want to be happy because I'm tired. Are you tired? Because I'm tired for you. You know what I'm saying? Which I felt like was honest. Maybe it was a little bit mean, but I felt like a, a good way to be like, see, I know what I'm talking about. Would have been like, yo, so that was Andrew and he's opening up to me now, you know, because I was direct. I communicated, you know, but I get that they are trying to. Um, drive a narrative of them of their friendship deteriorating over time so certain things that I feel are unnecessary in order to get that goal I think like certain things that I feel like make it worse such as you know her not telling her that Andrew's opening up to her after they just had a conversation about that it's one of those things that's like okay yeah this is definitely a sign that y'all relationship is falling apart but I felt like that was a great opportunity to gloat, you know, and to like for Molly to be rewarded for actually saying something versus holding it in. We know that that is who she is. She definitely needs to be in therapy, though. But at least she is working on communicating a little bit better. And I'm excited for next episode where we get her at home. Speaking of going home, because next episode is Thanksgiving episode why is Lawrence so much in this season? I don't need to see Lawrence. I don't see, need to see any of the guys, even though the guy scene was very good and like the banter and the great one-liners, all that great television, well-written. But I don't want to spend a lot of my time worried or learning about Lawrence and Condola. Like I care about Condola from the perspective of Issa, her being Issa's friend. I don't really care about her and Lawrence. I'd rather see a throwback episode of the girls when they were all in college, or I'd rather see a solo episode of Tiffany. Like, how is Tiffany and Derek's Thanksgiving? That would be interesting to watch. I would be interested to see how Kelly celebrates Thanksgiving. You know, like, I focus more so on the ladies. I don't really care about the men, but I get that Insecure also has a male audience, so... You know, but no, because it's written by women and its main characters are women. So we should focus on the women. Yeah. <laughs> um, Condola's outfits be killing the game. Okay, those Louboutins that she had on with the white blazer and the black skirt outfit. Super cute. Okay, and I love her little natural hairstyles. Those are really cute. She's just such a pretty woman. I like seeing her face on screen and like she's in she's not and she's like attainable beauty you know like beauty that you've seen before you know like a classically beautiful type of woman and it makes her feel relatable like all the women on this show are all like classically beautiful in my opinion and I'm like attainable beauty and like everyday black or relatable beauty you know and not something that seems so far-fetched and like oh my god like yeah, I'm never going to look like you ever in my life. Like, are you sure that you're black? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So that's a great element. Um, Issa and TSA Bay are no longer together. The condom, falling out the pussy thing, and the booty poking thing. Both those made me think of Horrible Decisions, which is the podcast that I listen to like the most. So go check them out. If you're listening to me, you've probably heard of them. But yeah, like... The condom falling out of the pussy definitely made me think of horrible decisions. Okay. Funny. Real funny. Gross. But funny. It may literally made me laugh out loud. I also wonder, like, is, is Nathan coming back? Like, will he make an appearance? Because I miss him. Like, I really believe that Nathan and Condola are the two people that need to be going with Issa into the fifth season. Okay. Like, I want that to be a thing. And speaking of Issa and Condola going into season five, Issa was wrong for pushing it with the Condola eat lunch with me and Molly. You know what I'm saying? But again, I know that they are trying to advance this narrative that they are not going to be friends anymore. You know, so it's certain things that are coming into play like Issa's, you know, was really bad about it about like condola staying it was like damn girl i thought we was just at tiffany house and i said we was gonna talk about what was going on between me and andrew so that's the thing that so that's like the inconsistencies which i guess they're trying to show us it's hard for me sometimes to i have to watch other people's reviews to remember like oh yeah like they are supposed to be falling apart because sometimes it feels like why would you do that you know like <laughs> 
this is your girl. Like, I don't, if you hadn't pressed so hard for Condola to stay, I wouldn't have noticed that y'all, that you didn't want to be near her. You know what I'm saying? I thought that you did. Cause y'all was, you was all like, yeah, girl, like we're going to get lunch or dinner earlier and later on in the week, you know, for you to be so pressed that Condola says like, okay, well then I guess, you know, we really got to, we really need to show that we <laughs> are falling apart as friends, you know? So that's going to be interesting next week's episode. Well, this Sunday's episode, I would definitely be looking and tuning in and seeing what's happening. I hope that they do not spend too much damn time on Condola and Lawrence. And I'm having a feeling that Issa is going to get drunk with her brother at the Daiquiri Mexican restaurant and end up missing Molly's Thanksgiving. Watch. Just a guess. Just a guess. Just a guess. Well, I don't have any partner dims and I don't have any questions or things to answer. So this concludes this week's podcast episode, a day late and a dollar short. I hope you all have a wonderful weekend and west, west <laughs> and rest of your week. Thank you so much for tuning in. I love you for listening. Peace and hair grease. And remember, action creates magic. Love ya.